squad yell like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the marquee games for week nine in the NFL, including a Sunday and Monday nighter. Also, Andy's got a sandwich game. I got a money line Matty pick. But first, I'd like to chat with him right off the top. Here he is, my main man, Andy the Prognosticator Adridge. How you doing, Pally? Both those 49ers, man. Yeah, well, how about those 49ers? I uh, I won a couple of those bet boosts on them, so my hat's off to uh, you and your team. My team was like, you know, I, I was pretty embarrassed about allowing 49 points, but as a Bears fan, I secretly had joy because we scored 29. <laughs> when you score 29, you should generally win that game. Buddy. Well, it, an old Bears team, like you would have won 29 to 10, right? maybe 29 to 17 but our problem always back in the day was we had this killer defense and no offense and now it seems like we've reversed the trend <laughs> well you know what uh ed mccaffrey took a page out of uh your favorite guy's playbook and that would be walter payton well they call me sweetness and i like to dance running the ball it's like mickey mold man throwing for a td rushing for a td catching for a td that's I think Ladanian Tomlinson too, right? Well, LT LT was the last one to do that um, in 2005. Nice. I got lots of love for LT. Yeah. No, he did it 17 years ago, most recently, and uh, yeah, only took Ed two weeks to get right through all that whole playbook thing. Bang bang nine again. Yeah, and the Bears, of course, we got rid of Roquan, but gained Chase Claypool. I know a lot of people a little bit upset about what they paid for him, but they had a plethora of picks. And I think what happened was Ryan Poles looked at the draft, saw the draft and said the wide receiver pool is very weak. And he needed a guy, maybe even if he's not a proven number one, but a proven standout wide receiver who can make big plays in the NFL. And I think he got that in Chase Claypool. Because, you know, all the people that are angry at Pulse were giving up the second round pick. First of all, a second round pick isn't guaranteed to be shit. A lot nope. of second round picks have washed out in this league. And second of all, Justin Fields needs to feel like the organization is doing something to help him now yeah and that is way. a big help right yeah i mean what the two best things about claypool he's from canada and he went to Notre Dame. one more awesome thing happened and this is just recently but uh the washington commanders have contacted the bank of america and uh well they want to sell the team Quote, the Snyders remain committed to the team, all of its employees, and its countless fans to putting the best product on the field and continuing to work to set the gold standard. <laughs> that should say sick in brackets. <laughs> um, gold standard for workplaces in the NFL, end quote, the statement said, and that is uh, from the franchise. Snyder's owned the franchise since 1999. He's uh, currently the subject of an ongoing investigation by the U.S. 
House Committee on Oversight and Reform and former U.S. Attorney Mary Jo White, who is conducting a new review on behalf of the NFL concerning allegations of workplace misconduct and potential unlawful financial conduct. So, of course, man, Andy's really had to dip into his air miles this year. So he had to go wheels up. We had to figure out what's going on in Washington. So we sent him back to D.C. And here are the top five ways in which the Washington District of Columbia would benefit if Dan Snyder sold the team and got the fuck out. Number five. Washington sports fans will get a feeling they haven't experienced in a long time. Pride. I feel so full of... What's the opposite of shame? Pride? No, not that far from shame. Less shame? Yeah. Number four. All legal action against season ticket holders will be dropped. Mr. Simpson, don't you worry. I watched Matlock in a bar last night. The sound wasn't on, but I think I got the gist of it. Number three. It will return Jerry Jones to his rightful spot as the biggest douchebag owner in the NFC East. I want me some glory hope. Number two. The FDA will now admit that it makes for poor health and safety practices to sell expired peanuts to fans that came from a bankrupt airline. Dan Snyder sold fans bags of expired peanuts that he acquired from a bankrupt airline. He's got to be the sickest man in America. And now, the number one. It will become 23% less rapey. You know what I mean? A lot of guys go, I like to rape. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I know it's not a politically correct thing to say. But I like raping. Go, <laughs> oh, goddamn! At least he's not a hypocrite. That's the worst. That's the worst part of it. Hey, should we fire it up, there, buddy? Yeah, let's fire it up. Oh, yeah! It's time. Fucking god. All right, first game on the docket. We go to the very Washington Commanders that we were talking about, and they play host to the Minnesota Vikings, who lead the NFC Norris. Uh, Washington, three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. 43-and-a-half is your over-under here. And obviously, Dan Snyder is uh, looking to let go of the team could the commanders get the dead douche bounce andy what do you think we're ushering in a new era and it is the taylor heineke era come to think of it i'll have a heineken you know they squeaked by the colts last week by one point but they certainly picked up their socks over the last three games their defense in that period of time now ranks seventh in passing yards against fourth in points allowed per game, and third in turnover margin. The Vikings, by the way, rank second in that category. Also, Washington, by the way, 10th in the league in sacks, one of the highest pressure rates in the league at 33.8, and their rushing D is sixth in the NFL in rushing touchdowns allowed. So Cook isn't going to get any easy ones this, uh, this week. Also, by the way, they've allowed less than 22 points in the past three weeks, which have all been wins. But the biggest story here is this is the first homecoming of Kirk Cousins back to FedEx Field. You like that? He's on a bit of a roll. In, in, he's got actually one touchdown, at least one touchdown in the past 38 games straight. And now he's got a new weapon, a tight end named TJ Hawkinson, compliments of your Detroit Lions, who are the eternal sellers. 
at this point in the season. But you mentioned their defense, and I heard through the grapevine that Chase Young is now off the pup list. So he's going to couple himself with Montez Sweat, two first-round picks. And I think if they can get some serious pressure on on Cousins, this is going to translate to a W for W. And that whole, as I mentioned before in jest, but I'm serious here, the whole District of Columbia has waited over two decades to get rid of this piece of shit owner. And they're going to be fired up. The management and coaching staff will be elated. And the players are also going to show their appreciation for his exit on the gridiron. Absolutely going with the commanders here. I love this spot for them. Um, I'm, I'm taking them to win. And before I get to my pick, uh, the Vikings D is allowing 296 and change yards passing per game. Um, Heineke's favorite target, it seems, whenever he's been in, and this includes last year, is Terry McLaurin. And he should have a big game again. So look for him. Uh, Unfortunately, his yardage totals weren't up on the uh, site, so I couldn't see what his over-under would be. But he is plus 187 for an anytime TD. So McLaurin should get a look for that. As for who's going to win, Andy, I'm co-signing this with you. The Washington professional football team Commander Commies are my Moneyline Maddie pick this week. Oh! Oh! Up next, we head to Chicago, where my Bears take on the Miami Dolphins. Bears, five-point underdogs at home, 45 and a half your total. No Roquan, but we gained a Claypool. Uh, you know, and it, like I said, it was needed for fields. The draft was looking slim. An interesting part about this game, too, is uh, number one passing offense versus the number one rushing offense. And if the Bears even want to keep this close, they're going to have to run the ball super well. Dolphins 2-1 and one away, 4-4 four and four against the spread. Bears 2-1 at home, 2-3-1 and one against the spread. Also, just as noting, there's a little bit of housekeeping. Miami was able to add Bradley Chubb to the roster from Denver at the trade deadline for a 2023 first round pick and a fourth round pick in 2024 so people that think the bears overpaid for roquan have a look at what miami paid for chubb they needed him though they needed him well and, and we needed a, a wide out like that right yeah. so no i know I what mean, i'm saying so- is the cost is what it costs tell us something we don't know mother. so far this season miami's five and oh when Tua starts and finishes a game and in fact, 12 of the last 14 when that's happened. And last week, he threw three touchdowns, no picks, comeback win against Detroit. And he actually now leads the league in, in a passer rating. Yeah, but dude, this this week, I think they got to get your boy Mostert involved. Oh, I said that every week. That's why I drafted him like top couple rounds, maybe third or fourth round in my I because he's with McDaniel's, he knows he he knows that he knows how to run. Well, he he ru- he rushes for uh, like I think it's four point three yards per carry. Now, part of that could be he's a bit of a sleeper in that they don't use him a lot. In fact, I would use the term sparingly uh, because they do have two and like a crazy set of talented wide receivers, and I one hundred percent get it. I mean, Tua's QB rating is one hundred and twelve. 
uh, for the season. I know he hasn't played the whole year, but when he's been in, he's been on fire. So uh, you want to use him. But I think with the Bears, with what you saw Pollard do last week to the defense and really soften him up, up the gut, I think if you're Miami, you should come out and really see if you can establish that because then you're going to have guys like Waddle and Hill being wide opener in one-on-one coverage because they're going to have to devote men in the box to stop the run. So, Matty, you're exactly right. Chicago's defense, uh, yeah, they've been vulnerable on the ground, but it ranks fifth in the league against the pass. So Waddle and and Tyreek, they could be shut down. They could be shut down. And let's not also forget that the Dolphins stole another one of my running backs, Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, So they got a lot of options in the backfield. But guess what Andy did? Andy checked the weather. And at Soldier Field at uh, kickoff time, the winds are supposed to be around 15 miles an hour sustained with gusts over 20. Now, to me, that seems like it would favor the number one rushing team in the league. The Bears! The Bears! The Bears! The Bears! Now, I got a, I got a prop question for you, Maddie. It's an over-under. Which one should I take? The number of players that Justin Fields will hurdle over without actually touching them. That shit ain't funny, motherfucker! So, actually, at this point in the podcast, I'd like to give a quick shout-out it's birthday time, and it's uh, for a guy I know pretty well. His name is Matthew Michael Buller, and his birthday's on Monday, and I think that his Bears are going to cover and possibly win for him outright. So I'm going to call this the Matty Michael Buller bump for the Bears. Nice, buddy. Yeah, I'm getting old. <sighs> Why would anyone do drugs when they could just mow a lawn? The Bears winning would be a great birthday present we touched on it earlier there with the rushing and that the bears if they really want a chance in this they're three-headed monster of a running threat montgomery herbert and fields have to be at their best miami's rush d is actually allowing three or 4.2 yards per carry to their opposition actually and that number is 3.8 when it's just running backs which is one of the highest in the league they also had a really hard time dealing with Lamar Jackson when they played Baltimore this season. So Fields should have some success scrambling for yards. And one more thing, just because people often glaze over Bears quarterback stat lines. Uh, last week, he was 17-23, two touchdown and a 120 rating. 81.2 on the season. He's getting better. Now he's got Claypool. Dolphins are trash against the pass, allowing opposition quarterbacks more than 100 rating. I'm taking the Bears' another money line, Matty, pick this week. Oh! Oh! That's right. Happy fucking birthday to me. Welcome to Atlanta, home of them dirty birds. Anybody hating get kicked to the curb. Any other team is absurd. Wearing black, white, silver. Red is for the blood. No one's scared of getting dirty because we came from the mud and we hungry. Up next, we head to Hot Atlanta, where uh, apparently a 500 team can be leading a division. <laughs> the Falcons are three point underdogs at home against the visiting LA Chargers. 49 and a half is your total. And Andy, why is a 4 and 4 team. Uh, and a team that's leading their division, three-point underdogs at home. Because it's a shit team and a shit division. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. 
I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Now, the question is, why isn't it more than three? And I'll tell you why. Because the Chargers are not as good as they looked at the beginning of the season on paper. But back to the Falcons. Last week, Atlanta played the Panthers and had one of the craziest endings to a game in recent history. The last 38 seconds of that game was nuts. And a game ended with a 41-yard Young Hoku overtime field goal for Atlanta. Guess who they play next week? The same Carolina Panthers team making this. It's an almost wise guys sandwich game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. It's almost unfathomable to consider that the Falcons are leading their division at a 4-4 record especially after losing their first two games of the season. But the Chargers lost receiver Mike Williams for at least four weeks due to a high ankle sprain. Fellow wideout Keenan Allen is, will not be back. There's no guarantee that he's going to even suit up after the bye. Justin Herbert's running out of options in the passing game. Now, they can score points, but they're going to need to slow down Atlanta's ground game and, and force them to try to keep up with them on the scoreboard. But... Atlanta, you know what? They just they can continue winning by playing the way they have. Head coach Arthur Smith has done a masterful job instilling a strong rushing attack, no matter who the offense is. Corderell Patterson looks like he's eligible to return this week off the IR, which is basically the Falcons' best runner. That happens. They're in great shape offensively and to dictate the tempo even more. So I'm picking the Carolina Panthers, and I would invite players from both teams to go down to Buena Gente Bakery on Claremont Road and order the Cuban. No other Cuban sandwich comes close to this version. A boneless short polder marinates overnight in homemade mollo sauce and roasts for hours. The pork then joins ham, Swiss, mustard, and pickles on a crusty bread slathered with salted butter and the whole thing is compacted on a sandwich press weighted down with foil wrapped bricks the result is a crackerly exterior like creme brulee that gives way to the salty porky filling mm, sandwich three two one go welcome to the Red Kingdom Yeah Red Kingdom Welcome to the Red Kingdom Yeah On to the Sunday nighter where the Kansas City Chiefs play host to the Tennessee Titans Kansas City an unbelievable 12 and a half point favorites at home like i know arrowhead is a big home field advantage but 12 and a half fucking points 46 is your total like this is the ultimate mahomes slash andy reed coming off a of buy tax right that's i was just gonna say we've heard enough about andy reed coming off a of buy in, in case you haven't he's that's like jerome bettis is from detroit like holy fuck we know but he also played in notre dame so like that's the most important part of that Go irish uh, 20 and three straight up off a bye in the regular season when he's had an extra week to prepare. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but you're right. There is an absolute overtaxation here. Um, Tennessee's defense has been stellar during their five and zero run, 
um, actually five, uh, five and zero straight up and against the spread surge that followed a pretty ugly zero and two start. They've not allowed more than seventeen points in a game in more than a month, and have held three straight opponents to fifty rushing yards or less. Let me tell you something: Tennessee three and one away, five and two against the spread. KC against decent teams and decent defenses haven't really impressed me all that much to tell you the truth so let me tell you a little something 12 and a half points i could put those points in my back pocket and take the titans or i could get a set of fucking balls and make them a third money line maddie pick this week Oh. oh! When everybody's saying one team's that good, they're about to get fucking humbled. Are you seeing a psychiatrist? Because I got a flash for you, young man. You're not Copus Mentis. Ouch. Jesus Christ, Maddie. Jesus Christ. You know, Vrabel, I mean, he said the Chiefs number during his tenure as the Titans coach. In fact, he's 4-1 and one straight up against Kansas City since 2018, and three of those times as underdogs. Now, as much as we expect Derrick Henry to have a big day, Chiefs are 30th in the league in passing yards allowed, only behind the Steelers and Falcons. So keep an eye out for Robert Woods to get a bit bit more involved and possibly a tight end Austin Hooper. He'll have a good day, but I'm absolutely smurfly taking those 12 points. I'm sticking in my back pocket. I'm not nearly as, as brave as Matthew has gone the money line, but I'm taking definitely Tennessee at plus 12 and a half. I hear that. Here's some more money for your pocket. Hey, Gates, you want to save you. We yelling black and go to the Super Bowl. Black and go to the Super Bowl. Black and go to the Super Bowl. We And finally, we had to Monday night, where the New Orleans Saints play host to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, New Orleans, two and a half point underdogs at home. Well, the Ravens, they were able to add a little bit at the trade deadline in the form of Roquan Smith, who sadly I felt was going to be basically taking the torch from like the Brian Urlacher, Lance Briggs era and running it through with all those great Chicago linebackers. Sadly, it's not to be. He'll be a great addition to Baltimore's defense who who absolutely needs him. New Orleans, uh, they seem like they're aging out and they're just trick offensive playing their way into some victories. Andy, can New Orleans win this game? Well, the Raiders certainly made their defense look saintly. Yeah, well, the Raiders have made a lot of defenses look saintly well, this I mean, year. To consider the fact that they didn't start a play past midfield until uh, 58 minutes into the game. Oh, hey, Andy, by the way, yeah. after seeing that offensive display there, mm-hmm. I went into the phone book and I found about like 600 cars who could take the place. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, he's fallen far. I, I don't know if he's even the third best car. We got to go through the phone book. We're going to have to do some research. One of those cars might be working in some nuclear f- facility or something. I don't think Derek Carr is the third best car anymore. I, I don't either. I mean, they they put up a total of 183 yards, and that was with some rushers there too. So. I can say with great certainty that the Ravens will not be nearly as much as a, of a pushover, 
But Lamar Jackson, as we say, is slightly more mobile than said Derek Carr. Uh, you know, tight end uh, Mark Andrews and running back Gus Edwards, uh, our listen is questionable. And we know for sure that Rashad Bateman and J.K. Robbins are out this week. But the Saints are also dealing with their own injury issues. Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, and Jarvis Landry are listed as questionable. Mark Ingram's doubtful. So to answer your original question, do I think the Saints can win? No, absolutely not. I'm going with the Ravens here. Yeah, like I don't know about J.K. Rawlings. I heard she writes really good books. I don't think she's really good at football. I digress. The Baltimore Ravens, they're just too powerful offensively, and I think they're going to get a bump on defense from adding Roquan Smith. With the Raven, nevermore. And now it's time for the teaser. This is uh, where Andy and I give you a six-point teaser we both like for the weekend. Leg one, leg two. Andy, what do you got? Well, I like the Colts uh, at plus 11 and a half uh, playing against the Pats. Uh, this certainly is not going to be a track meet. I don't expect either team to score that much. So if I can get them in double digits, I really like that as the first leg of the teaser. Second one was a game we've already talked about. I loved Washington. I liked Washington at plus three. I love them at plus nine. And no one plays more seven-point games than the Vikings. So I'm taking the Colts, and I'm taking the professional football team from Washington. Well, for leg one of my teaser, let's head to Sunday night uh, in Kansas City at Arrowhead, where the Chiefs are 12.5-point favorites against the Tennessee Titans. I picked Tennessee on the money line, so I feel very confident if I can take them at plus 18 and a half, going through several key numbers, all of which are in the double-digit segment. Uh, my second leg of the teaser, I'm we, the aforementioned Las Vegas Raiders. They're uh, heading into Jacksonville, and I'm going to take Jacksonville from plus one and a half to plus seven and a half. Jacksonville's been playing a lot of teams tight this year, even if they have been losing. And that goes through the key numbers of three and seven. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to week nine of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all week nine games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra studios, Randy, the prognosticator, Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central. I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bat time on the same bat channel. Sayonara. ¿Y qué le hacemos a Babalú? Dame 17 velas, <risa> va a ponerlo en cruz.
y dame un cabo de tabaco bañeje y un jarrito de aguardiente y dame un poco de dinero bañeje pa' que me dé la suerte yep. a gozar en Santiago se baila la conga yo quiero que mi negara me quiera que tenga dinero y que no se muera a yo le quiero pedir a Babalu una negara pendona como tú que no tenga pero negro a que no se muera